from the NIV because it's what God speaks to me through, which doesn't mean that God specifically only endorses the NIV. What it means is the NIV is the one obviously I listened to growing up. So whenever I hear bits of scripture drop in my head, I can't figure out where it is, I put it into Google, it is the NIV 100% of the time. So I just teach from the NIV. Mother's Day. Thank you. This has been an interesting morning, I think, already. God is doing some things a few people are sensing, and thank you, Mike, for what you shared. Um, it's exactly what's on my heart to share. <clears throat> we can spend a lot of time wrapped up in the things of the past. We can spend a lot of time concerned about the future, but we can actually only live and do anything and experience God in this present moment right here. So if you're taking notes, you can call this living in the moment. I'm not talking about living for the moment. It's wise to have plans. It's wise to dream for the future. But we can't live in the future. And, and we can no longer relive the past, though I'm probably not the only one to say that I do spend a lot of my time reliving the past. I tend to be the kind of person who will lay in bed at night and go over every conversation I've had that day and curse myself for all the silly, embarrassing things I say. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before. Or uh, all the times I yelled at my children and lost my patience and, and, and feel bad about those things. And or if I'm not doing that, I tend to live out here in the future. Um, and, oh, if only when this happens, you know? When my kids are that age, then everything's gonna be a lot easier. I guess anyone who has had teenagers already are laughing at me. <laughs> If, you know, if only when my career gets to that stage, then it'll be this much easier. Well, if only when our church grows to this size, then this will happen. Uh, and God is always gently calling us back to this present moment where we are, where we live. I uh, <laughs> would love to get up here and give a triumphant message. Uh, and the reality is we are triumphant in Christ. That is, you know, we have overcome, Christ has overcome the world. Christ comes and lives inside us and gives us his victory. And, and all of these things we are more than conquerors, Paul says. But Paul says also that if he's going to boast, he's going to boast about his sufferings. Um, my eye twitch has come back which is really frustrating. It means that I'm not sleeping enough. I'm kind of fatigued. That bothers me. I've got this little bold spot on the back of my head that developed in the last few weeks that uh, is either, according to WebMD, some terrible, terrible, rare disease that I'm going to die of immediately, or it's fatigue. Um, matches up with the symptoms for the eye twitch. Um, a couple of 
weeks ago, I was in Toronto um, to visit a friend, and I was super excited. We had a great meal of sushi. I dropped her at the hotel, and I was like on cloud nine. I put the music on. I was about to drive home to Guelph, and the GPS said, turn right because there's a traffic island in front of you, and then you'll have to make a U-turn to go back. And I was like, I don't see the island. I don't see it. And I drove straight forward into it. Burst two tires. That was totally fine, but $700 later. That was really frustrating. I sat there in my car, really, really annoyed. Actually, in the hotel, the parking lot of the Hilton, figuring out, well, I can't change my one tire because the other tire, like, I'm stuck here. I'm going to have to call roadside assistance and get towed on a flatbed because my nice SUV is all wheel drive and can't be towed in the way you see most cars being towed. I'm like, ah, oh, I knew the things I was going to do with that money. Okay, so now I, it's, it's 11 p.m., so it's two hours for the tow, and I'm going to have to find a place to stay in Toronto. So I called my best friend, whose father died of cancer three days prior, who hasn't yet managed to get back to England. And I'm like, hey, hey, chance I can sleep on your couch. I feel super great about asking you this. And he's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. So I sort of I spent the night on the couch. Um, I then spent the next day with my best friend, and that was nice. That was good. That's what we both needed. But it's like, ah, oh, this is just weird. And my grandmother died two weeks ago. Uh, my last remaining grandparent. I couldn't go. She lives in New Zealand. It's really, really far. She was 98 years old, praise God. She died 47 years to the day since her husband died. Been a widow a very long time. Both loved the Lord. Never met my grandfather, obviously. Um, and so I'm, I'm churning through all this, and I'm sitting in my car, and, and God is just keeping reminding me, look, you can, I'll be there for you in the future. And, I'm, and I've been there for you in the past. I'm here right now. Just tune in. And the question for us all is, are we awake to God's presence right now? In every moment. You want to be? Good. Good. Then we're going to practice today. Matthew 7, 3, 7, Matthew 7, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. <laughs> oh, sure, check that off the list. <laughs> do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Who of you, by worrying, can regrow that patch of hair and sit on the back of your head? I have tried to worry this eye twitch into submission. That does not help. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. They don't work the cotton. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor 
it was addressed like one of these. Okay, so, so what? We still have stuff to deal with. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And they don't matter? That's not what the Bible says. And your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, I, I, I grew up seeking God on Sunday. That was where I sought God. And better than nothing. And then I and then I read all these books about about like home church and like organic missional Christianity, and I was all like, church isn't just on Sundays, church is every single day, and I got real militant and I stopped going to church. And I was like, I'm pursuing God every day. And so, so I, I did, I, I did. I fell in love with Jesus and I learned to pursue God every day. And that was good. And then somewhere along the line, God kind of knocked on my door and said, look, if you're pursuing God every day, you can also still include Sundays back in your thing. So here I am back in church. Um, and growing up in Catch the Fire, we have, have learned a lot about soaking in God's presence, taking intentional time out to just, what? Be with the Lord. Because yeah, we want Him, we're gonna search for Him. He wants us. Soaking is like the, honestly, if you can't soak, pay attention to that. Because it is a provoker of all of your works religion that still lives in your heart, of trying to please God. God is already really pleased with you. He just loves you. So soaking is good. And then I got into the uh, IHOP stuff and got into praying a lot, and that's good. We should pray. Scripture's full of prayer. And then Carol Arnett started doing this worship timer, where she got one of those little gym timers and put it on her belt up a beep every 10 minutes, and she used that as a reminder to worship God, just tune in to God. So I did that for a while, and that was really good. And I was like, man, I've got all these great tricks. And I'm like, learning to seek first the kingdom most of the time, right? Because, I mean, we can live a Christian life on Sunday. We can live a Christian life. We feel like we live Christians most of the time. But, I mean, when we start to get into worrying, are we seeking first the kingdom when we're worrying? No. So are we really being a Christian if we're not seeking first the kingdom? The more I analyze my life, the more I find actually I'm spent, I, I'm actually not really actively seeking first the kingdom a very significant percentage of my week. Uh, so that's that's something that's maybe a problem, I don't know. But uh, three years ago, my, my my grandfather, who I was really close with, he was a huge spiritual figure in my life, he died. Uh, and I was with him in New Zealand. We had a wonderfully special, intimate time. When I came back to Canada, I carried that grief and it was really, really hard. And then I went through some really intense stuff at work. Within a couple of months, I was in extreme burnout. And that then uh, turned into depression, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. And for a 
couple of years, learning about my mental health and how to regulate myself was a huge, huge thing for me. And somewhere in there, I, I was crying out to God and saying, God, fix me, fix me, put me back together so, so I can be useful for the kingdom. God said to me, what if I didn't? And I couldn't sense he was asking a rhetorical question. I was like, if you don't fix me, I would have to rely on you each and every moment of every day to function. And I felt him smile. <laughs> ah, okay. So, it's like, do we seek first the kingdom, say, Sunday? Okay, Sunday is the start of the week, maybe, for your calendar. So we seek first God the kingdom on Sunday morning for two and a half hours, and then the rest of the week is, is fine, because we've already, the first thing we did was soul the kingdom. Or can we turn that around and integrate that into every single moment, and every single moment that we experience this moment? And this moment, and this moment, can we come awake and alive to God's presence? And can we lead into everything we experience, good and bad, with an, an awareness of God's presence right here with us? That's, I think, the invitation for every one of us. And I think that's especially the invitation for a, a church that that loves the charismatic gifts. It's really easy for us to get into experiencing God during certain times. Worship was wonderful. I really experienced God. Amen. That's true. There's nothing wrong with that. But Paul says in Romans, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So everything, in everything we experience, we can come awake to God's presence there. We can experience God in and through every moment. And every moment can then be transformed by an awareness of God's presence in that moment. Can we experience God in the future? No, we cannot. Will we experience God in the future? Yes, very likely. So we can have hope for that. Have we experienced God in the past? Yes, we have. Can we continue to rely on those experiences? No, we can't. But we can have joy and thanksgiving for what God's done in the past. It always brings us back to this moment right here. Are you aware of God's presence right now? Are you awake to God's presence right now? You can come awake. So, Paul says in Romans, you know, Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ Jesus our Lord has You know what? I'm just going to read it. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Every aspect of existence was created by Jesus Christ for the glory of Jesus Christ, through the power of Jesus Christ. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. That does not say all Christians. It says all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Almighty God, who creates the universe, is pleased for all of his fullness to dwell in his son, Jesus Christ. And he makes Jesus, that's Colossians chapter 1, I think, right? Sure. All of God's fullness dwells in Jesus Christ. And God the Father places Jesus Christ as the preeminent one in all of creation. And Jesus Christ comes and marries himself to all of us and says, everything that I've been given, I give to you. And when he goes to the cross, he takes us to the cross with him. And when we're resurrected with Christ, we are resurrected with him. We are one with Christ. We are invited into God. The very being that made the universe invites us to participate in his life at every single moment. So, let's, uh, let's close our eyes. Close your eyes just for a minute. Think about the chair underneath your butt. I imagine you can feel it holding up your legs. So just, just not with your hands, but you know, with with your with your own mind and body. Tune into that sensation right now of the chair holding up your legs, holding up your body. That chair is holding you from falling down in this room. In the exact same way, your Heavenly Father is holding you right now in this world. See if you can swap out in your imagination the reality of the feeling of that chair that's God holding you up right now. Psalm 139 
It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Sometimes we don't feel that way about ourselves. I'm reading a book right now called 12 Rules for Life. Jordan Peterson, some of you will have heard him, he's kind of famous right now. Rule number two brought me to tears late this week on the beach in Miami, suffering from the gospel. <laughs> Rule number two is treat yourself like someone worth caring for. The psalmist says, I praise God because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All of God's works are wonderful. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Listen, future doesn't exist, and neither does the past. They're not things. They're not, they're not real. They don't exist. The memory of the past will exert pressure on you today and fear for the future will exert pressure on you today but neither the past or the future exists the only moment that exists is this moment right now the only moment you can listen to me is this moment right now the only moment you can love your children is the moment you're presently in the only moment you can love your spouse is the moment you're presently in. And that's really easy just to keep swiping the Facebook feed and I'll take care of my children later when I'm not stressed out. We know what happens. The most, there's all kinds of things that are true about this moment, yeah? It's true that it's a little cold. It's true that it's that awkward in-between status of the year where I feel a little bit sweaty wearing this, but I'm also a bit cold. It's true that I'm standing here, it's true that you're sitting there, but there are deeper truths about this moment. Like God is looking at you, like God loves you, like God is just so willing to pour himself all over you. I think the most deepest truth about this moment is that you and I are floating in an endless ocean of God's love. The same love that God poured out for all of humanity on the cross, you're floating in right now. 
Close your eyes again for a minute and imagine that you are floating. You are not swimming or treading water. You don't have to work. You are beautifully buoyant in an endless, bottomless ocean of God's perfect, self-sacrificing love. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I know Mother's Day sometimes is a, is a hard day for some people. For a lot of people, Mother's Day is, is, is simple, and that's wonderful. I get to celebrate my mom. We get to celebrate our moms. I help my children celebrate their mom. But it's not always that simple for everybody. I mean, at the very base level, my mother lives in New Zealand, which is really far away. And then I'm reminded that I live here, my mother lives far away. Or maybe it reminds you of your miscarriage or of the child, the grown child that you've lost, or of your really traumatic, difficult relationship with your mother. It's all there, it's all thrown in the mix together, and we're all invited on Mother's Day to celebrate our mothers. <laughs> and we get a flower. But like, so much of life, no, I thank you so much for that. But that's like so much of life. It's all thrown in the mix together. I'm sitting in my beautiful car that I really like, that I just smashed the two tires on, and maybe damaged the rims as well. And I know I'm gonna have to pay a lot of money, and now I'm gonna go and spend the night at my friend's house, who I love, but he's mourning his dad dying three days ago, and I'm like, I feel like a huge burden. And he's like, you know what? Actually, I'm glad you're here. It's all thrown in the mix together. Life is really full. Really weird, if we're honest, right? It's weird. It's not what I kind of thought was the bill of goods I was being sold, generally speaking. But we can tune into the present reality of God in every moment and experience all of life transformed. Seek first the kingdom, moment by moment by moment, and it will transform our entire lives. And I can tell you, since God started hammering me with this stuff three years ago, it has completely transformed my life. Some, well, most of you probably hear when my wife preached a couple weeks ago on winning the battlefield of the mind. And for, for her and I, these have been two sides of one coin. Intentionally taking every thought captive, submitting it to God, asking God to give us new thoughts, and then disciplining ourselves when those, when those negative thoughts come back up, say, no, that is not the truth. Taking that thought captive and replacing it forcefully with the truth every time. And so what we can do then again forcefully is remind ourselves moment by moment, this is the only moment I have. This is all I've got right here. 
An airplane might crash on this building in an hour, and none of us have tomorrow. We don't know. I know it sounds morbid, but the reality is this moment is all we have. And the most pivotal foundational reality, the most important truth of this moment, is that you and I are floating in an endless ocean of God's perfect Calvary love. Come on. So, let's do another exercise. I've been practicing these exercises all the time for three years. I go back to them whenever I need to. This next one is my favorite. Close your eyes again. And take your hands and put them palms down. You can either lay them on your, on your legs or just kind of hold them. We're really good at holding our palms open like we're receiving a gift, but I'm asking you to put your palms down like you wanted something to drop out of your hand. So let's remember that you can feel that chair under you holding you up in this room. And to the exact same degree and more, God is holding you in this world. And let's remember that this moment is the only moment you have. And you are anchored perfectly in God's love. He will pursue you to any distance, and he will pay any price for you. And now I want you to imagine all those stresses, all those anxieties, all the reasons that you worry about tomorrow, and the reasons that you live in the past. And I want you to let those things, one by one, fall out of your hands into God's hands that are open beneath them. You can picture your boss who drives you crazy. You can picture your spouse who's broken your heart. Picture your children who've left home. Picture that baby that you never got a chance to name. Picture the people who bullied you. Picture that man who abused you. And let those things fall out of your hands. You are in a safe place. The safest place you could ever be. Every source of pain and anxiety and stress. Give it, give it a face and let it fall out of your hands into God's much bigger, bottomless hands. When you're ready, turn your hands over. Just flip them palms up. And in your heart, ask your Father to give you whatever good thing he would have to give you. You don't need to have a name for this, just open your heart.
Thank you, Lord. Anybody feel that? Feel the lightning of that burden. Stay in that place. While you're there, I want you to imagine something else. Consider that we live in and around Kitchener, which is in Ontario, which is a huge province. It's bigger than Papua Europe. Which is on this continent of North America, which is on this big planet. Zoom out a little further, this planet is one of the smaller objects in our solar system. Most of the other planets are bigger. The sun is bigger still. And this solar system is just one little group of stars in a galaxy with billions of stars. There are objects in this universe so massive it's hard to comprehend. Think for a moment of the massiveness of those things that God has created out in the cosmos. Hold that with one half of your brain. Drill down for a minute deep inside your physical body. Cells and atoms. These infinitely tiny building blocks. And atoms contain subatomic particles that orbit one another and spin around. And the distance between those tiniest of things and the most massive, you are in the middle. And you are in the center of God's love. You are in the center of his gaze. And this moment you have with God is the only moment you'll ever have. you can tap into that sensation of God's presence every moment of every day. That is available for you at all times. God is always there. Paul says in Colossians that Christ made all things and by Christ all things hold together. So the deeper we look into the structure of the universe, we'll find Christ staring back at us. He says, Paul says that he's convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither the future nor the present, nor our own capacity for running away. So that, my friends, is living in the moment. And I would encourage you to practice. The exercises are super simple. You know how they go. I like to, even when I'm standing, okay, I can feel the floor under my feet. I can feel my feet holding me up on the floor. God is holding me. God is the floor. Kids, young kids play the game, the floor is lava. They jump off the floor. God is the floor. The floor is holding me. Okay. Well, then that changes things. 
I don't have to be afraid because God has got me right here and I'm floating in an endless ocean of God's perfect Calvary-like love. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. That is so much more good than we can imagine. Jesus, you walk with us. Jesus, you took on human flesh and came down and experienced every temptation that we experience. You lived inside of time, just like we do. And you constantly went away to be with your Father. And you tuned in to the reality of God's presence in you all the time. We thank you, Jesus, for showing us how. Holy Spirit, you come inside of us. You bring us into oneness with God. Thank you.